Keeping it real, son. That's right. The shining star. My shining star, girl. <laughs> Yo, New York in the house. It's Brooklyn in the house. That's right. Uptown in the house. Shelling, are you in the house? Boogie down, are you in the house? Yeah. Sacramento in the house. Like Atlanta, it. Georgia, are you in the house? West Coast, are you in the house? <laughs> Japan, are you in the house? Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 99 of All In With Kevin. I am your host, Kevin Lewis. In today's episode, I'm going to speak about my first fantasy draft from this past weekend. This is being recorded on Tuesday, August 16th. The draft that I am talking about happened on Sunday, August 14th. So I'm going to talk about that and give a little insight in as to why I did what I did and what I like at each position in fantasy and you know whatever else I feel like talking about before my time is over on this podcast episode. So um it's a keep this this draft is a keeper league. It's one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, a tight end and a flex. So I started off with Javante Williams at a third round value and AJ Brown at a seventh round value. Now Last year, I went 0RB or 0RB-ish, if you want to call it that, because I had started off with, I want to say, A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf were my keepers last year, and I had A.J. Brown at 8th and Metcalf at like a 12th. So I did that, and you know I took Javante Williams in the third round, mostly because the first two rounds I did not draft the running back because I didn't feel comfortable. I drafted Calvin Ridley, which looked great until it didn't. And I drafted Travis Kelsey, which, I mean, Travis Kelsey is going to do what Travis Kelsey does. So I ended up with Javante Williams with the idea, okay, if he breaks out this year, great. But at the worst, I'm going to keep him next year at a third-round value. So that's what I ended up doing. Even if right now I don't, I'm not that thrilled about having Javante, nothing to, do, nothing to do with him and more to do with the fact that I know he's talented I know he's the most talented running back on the Broncos. So does everybody else with eyes. But then the split might just be really fucking annoying between the two of them. So that that ain't exactly ideal. But Javante is so talented. And running back kind of is what it is after you get past a certain point. Everybody has their different concerns. You know, whether it's committee, whether it's offense, whatever it is. A lot of people have concerns. So you just deal with the talent and you hope for the best. So... With that said, the plan going in for me was hope – there was basically, what, eight running backs that I felt good about that were available. It was McCaffrey, it was Cook, Henry, Najee, Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, DeAndre Swift, Alvin Kamara. Those were the running backs that were available. Like Most of the other ones were either kept or like Nick Chubb, who I would have taken, but eh. – Nick Chubb just doesn't do a whole lot for me. It's different in, in half PPR. This is a half PPR league. It's different in a half PPR than a full PPR, but I'm just not excited to draft any Cleveland Brown right now because Jacoby Brissett might be their week one quarterback. And hell, he might be their quarterback going forward. You know, even as as much as I don't care for Jimmy Garoppolo, if they trade for him, like my whole mindset on the on drafting Browns players changes. But the main goal was, okay, you get one of them RB1 types or RB1 guys. You, 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 you slide Javante down to the, to the two, and you don't have to go out of your way to draft running backs after that. So that was the plan. That was, plan part, that was the first part of the plan. The second part of the plan was 
draft primarily youth. This is a keeper league, and there are trades every deadline that are made because people want people you know want to trade like their first round pick that they can't keep for youth because they're out of it. You know, for for intriguing young players where they're out of it, like I did it a couple of years ago when I was out of it, and I traded for AJ Brown, for example, that type of stuff. So, I wanted a young team that has. I wanted a volatile team, for better, better or worse. I wanted a pretty volatile team, and as you're gonna see when I run down the people I picked and all that, I don't really think it was that volatile, but it's extremely, extremely young. Like, I think the oldest player that I took was Calvin Ridley, and I took him because it's a keeper league, and I took him in the last round. But the oldest player I took is Calvin Ridley. Besides him, I think the oldest player that I have on the team is Kamara, and he's 27. That's kind of what I wanted to accomplish. So without further ado, I'll go into the actual pick-by-pick and the thought process with each pick. So round one, as I said, I was picking picking from the seventh spot. I picked Alvin Kamara. I explained why I picked him – you know, in the lead up to this point of the podcast, um, I don't think I need to explain anymore. Uh, the suspension looks like it's going to be prolonged into at least next season, which is great. So I don't have any concerns about that. Um, the Saints offense, I think, is kind of underrated right now from a real real life standpoint and a fantasy standpoint. Like, I think they're going to put up numbers. Um, Kamara's catches are probably not going to be what they used to be because – Jameis is a more aggressive quarterback than Drew Brees was, for better or for worse. But he ultimately, he's the lead back on that team on a really good offense, playing a whole bunch of games indoors. And, you know, I have my RB1. I don't have to worry too much about taking running backs going forward. This, the, 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 I gave half a thought to taking Aaron Jones, but in a half point per, uh, in a half point per PPR, a half point per reception league, it's just not as appealing as in a full point, so I didn't. Now, round two is where the thinking started, and this is where the keeper league, as opposed to non-keeper league stuff, starts. So I took T. Higgins. Now, um, I thought long and hard about taking Kyle Pitts. I, and I know, Kyle Pitts in round two sounds crazy, okay? But hear me out. As I said in the opening, I had... Um, I had I have Javante Williams at a third round pick, so I di- I don't have a third round pick to use because it's already used on Javante. So it was basically Kyle Pitts now or Kyle Pitts never. And if you've learned anything about me and the way I like to draft over the last couple of years doing this podcast, I like having an elite tight end because it's way better than being in, being in the slums with pretty much what nine out of your twelve league members where everybody is chasing whoever did good last week or whatever matchup is favorable this week. It's better than that. And you, if you have a wide receiver one at your tight end spot or a high-end wide receiver two at your tight end spot and your other wide receivers are just what they're supposed to be depending on who you dra- or how you drafted or they exceed, the expe- exceed expectations, it is such a big advantage for you. It's a big advantage in a vacuum and it's a big advantage when you start adding context. So I thought long and hard about taking Kyle Pitts. If this league was two wide receivers instead of three, I would have taken Kyle Pitts without a, without a hesitation. I thought that taking T. Higgins at that spot and then hoping that somehow Kyle Pitts made it back to me in round four, which I think he was about five picks away from doing so, was probably the best way to go about it. But once that happened, I knew, like, all right, I'm going to be in the slums at tight end because I'm, I'm not taking the middle class guys. I don't. I don't mind the Dalton Schultzes and the T.J. Hawkins of the world, the T.J. Hawkinsons of the world. 
I'm not in a rush to draft them either, though. Like, unless I just don't like anybody else on the board. So, there it is. So, T. Higgins, I, I spent a whole lot of time talking about Kyle Pitts, but I took T. Higgins. I mean, he's going to get a similar amount of targets to, to Jamar Chase. I don't think people really understand that. And in the games they played together, Higgins and Chase were really close in value, really close in results, rather, and points scored and all of that. So, I like T. Higgins. Nothing about his situation has changed. I expect Cincinnati to throw the ball a little bit more now that um, Burrow is a year removed from, from the surgery on his knee. And I think it's I think T. Higgins is bankable. And in a half point per peop- in a half point per reception league, I'm not as concerned with, you know, raw catch totals. Like I'm not really chasing the guys who can catch hundred passes, but they might get eleven hundred yards out of those hundred ca- out of those hundred catches. The the touchdown the touchdown merchants or potential touchdown merchant merchants the more efficient guys who are not going to get targeted 175 times or whatever it is they have more value in this format to me and thus T Higgins was my selection. All right, so round three, as I said, Javante don't need to go too far into that. Now round four, Travis Etienne. Um, I realize at this spot that if I take Travis Etienne. I don't have to take any running backs basically until the end of the draft. So it was just, in a half-point PPR league, he's not as appealing um, as in a full point because we don't know what his actual rushing share is going to look like because James Robinson, James Robinson has been a really good runner his first two years in the league. Now he's coming off an Achilles tear. Who really actually knows what James Robinson is going to be when he when he, when he comes back? And quite frankly, he's probably being underdrafted right now because he's being drafted around ten on average. But with Etienne, it's like all right. There's a lot of wide receivers left who are kind of in the same boat. There's a lot of you know tier three, tier four ish kind of wide receivers, tier four, tier five ish kind of wide receivers where it's just like all right. And and right before that happened, like A. Rob got taken off the board, Cortland Sutton got taken off the board. And uh, Brandon Cooks got taken off the board, you know, you know, six, seven picks before that. So three wide receivers I really like came off the board. And all the wide receivers after that are kind of either I don't really care for or are basically in the same kind of tier. So I don't have to I don't have to reach when I could get somebody else in that same tier. Whereas ETN, I don't think anybody else really that I would p- prefer to draft has that kind of upside, especially when Brees Hall went in the second round. J.K. Dobbins also went in the second round, and I'm not ta- I'm not touching like the Antonio Gibsons and the Josh Jacobses. I'm, I'm not touching those. So I was like, all right, ETN. My biggest concern with Travis ETN is a little bit irrational, but bear with me. Now, uh, Travis ETN was a pass catcher in college, but uh, first of all, like if you believe the film heads who study this stuff and eat, breathe, and sleep football and and studying and all of that. There are issues with Travis Etienne as far as how he actually catches the ball his, and his hands and his technique. So him being at Clemson and catching passes where, you know, he's on the most talented team in the country, you know, they just do whatever they want, that doesn't really do a ton for me anyway, right? So that's a little bit concerning. Um, the Jaguars drafted him in round one. But here's the part where I am concerned. This idea that Travis Etienne was going to basically be Walmart Alvin Kamara was birthed by Urban Meyer. I am thus, by making a commitment to Travis Etienne around four, albeit not 
not an exp- a super expensive one, especially given how the rest of the draft went. But me giving a commitment to Travis Etienne of this kind means that by default, I'm agreeing with Urban Meyer. That scares the shit out of me. That is all. All right. Round five, Gabriel Davis. Now, I'll, I'll say the same thing I said when I said what I, um, that I said about T. Higgins. I like receivers in half in half point formats who, you know, could score 10 touchdowns and you wouldn't really be surprised. Could score 11, 12 touchdowns, wouldn't be surprised. The Buffalo Bills are going to be the pass heaviest offense in football, most likely. Maybe they'll be second or third at worst, right? They have one of the best quarterbacks in football. They have the guy with arguably the best arm in football. They're, they are, they they are motivated to be, to be aggressive at all times. They are a modern offense in every sense of the word, in every sense of the type. And Gabriel Davis is potentially the tar- target number two on that offense. Like the playoff game was what it was. I don't put too much stock in it because the Chiefs had me playing corner at that day at that point. So I, I don't put too much stock in it. It shows that Allen trusts him, I guess. And once, once last year Cole Beasley got hurt, you know Gabriel Davis stepped in and they started to give him significant. Sorry, was it? It was Emmanuel Sanders, excuse me, who got hurt. You know they 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 kind of let the training wheels off of Gabriel Davis to an extent. And I think there's a there's more for, there's more room for him to grow. So at this point, I have my three wide receivers. I have AJ Brown in the cut. I have T. Higgins, and I have Gabe Davis. And the two of those dudes are attached to really good quarterbacks. And then A.J. Brown, I'm just betting on the talent. I'll get, I'll get into him more. I'll get into that topic more in, a, in you know when I talk about the round seven selection. But I, I like where I'm at. So far, I have, I have Alvin Kamara, Javante, A.J. Brown, and T. Higgins. And Travis Etienne. I like where I'm at. All right, so round six, Drake London. Now, again... Keeper league. Um, I can only keep AJ Brown for one more season, so I, I'm going to have to replace him either by trade or by just drafting guys and just hoping that they break out and all of that. And Drake London, most of the people who who study the wide receiver film and you know have you know you know have, you know the scouts, the amateur scouts, and the professional scouts, most of them really like Drake London. I, I know there 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 were some scares about how he runs routes. You know, he's kind of big, like he's not exactly fast and all of that. But, you know, you turn on the film and he looks like he has wiggle for somebody that size. And he looks like he gets a lot of separation for somebody that size. And Atlanta, you look at his current situation from a 2022 perspective, the quarterback situation is not particularly good. But you have Kyle Pitts and who else? So you're looking at, Three things that are working directly in Drake London's favor. Elite wide receiver prospect. There's not a lot of threats to his targets around him. And, yo, the Falcons are probably going to stink, so they're probably going to be putting the ball up more. I think Drake London is going to be is going to have a really nice year. And at this point where I, where I took him, he's on my bench. So I don't need him to come out like gangbusters, although that would be great. That would be fire if he came out like gangbusters. That would be great. I don't need him to. By end of the year, if he's good, or by trade deadline, he's good. I could, I could potentially flip him, or I could keep him next year. Hey, you did what you had to do. It's about the numbers. Get out of my face. Go back to work. You make me sick. All right. So round seven, AJ Brown. I, I shouldn't 
get I, I spent most of the opening talking about Javante Williams and running backs. So I'll I'll get into AJ Brown. I mean AJ Brown was the only no doubt slam dunk keeper I had because it one I'm the I'm a, I'm the biggest AJ Brown fan on earth. Um, I think he's one of the whatever small number you want to pick most talented receivers of football. Like I would say five. If somebody says ten, I'm not going to argue with them too much. You know he is a mega talent. Like he gets open, he runs good routes. He's big. He's strong. He's physical. You know he's wildly productive. You know, in the open field, he's a menace. Like, the guy has everything you would want in a wide receiver. The durability the durability questions do linger, and I can't ignore, I can't ignore that. I, well, I can, personally. It, it's football. I'm past the point of giving a fuck who gets hurt and who doesn't get hurt. You know, next week when I, when I get in-depth about quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends, I will get more into the injury stuff. But personally, it's football. Anybody, like, you could be walking back to the huddle or whatever – and somebody backpedals into you and steps on you on the back of your foot and you can miss a month. Like, I'm not really super concerned unless it's just player A and player B are both like it's like a tie. It's it's like a virtual tie and you cho- and you choose to go with the most durable guy. Alright, fine. Even I'll engage in that. But I'm not I'm not taking player B over player A when player A is con- considerably better just because player B gets hurt less. No. But back to AJ Brown and as I said, in, in, in a half-point league, having guys who are efficient touchdown scorers, you know, who can get you a touchdown in a week, get you two touchdowns in a week, whatever, who might not necessarily get you 12 catches, that's fine in this format. I, I prefer those guys in this format. And if Jalen Hurts gets better and the Eagles throw the ball as much as they might be projected to throw it, I'm not even saying they got to be a 60 60-40 offense. If the Eagles just throw the ball 55% of the time and Jalen Hurts doesn't fall on his face, A.J. Brown's going to go off. So thus, that's why I traded for him a couple years back, and that's why I am keeping him today, and that's why he is my round seven pick. All right, so on to round eight. Chris Olave. Now, a lot of the film heads, I know I keep going back to the film heads, but I'm taking a lot of rookies and I don't watch college football. So so there you go. Like I have Travis, Travis Etienne, who was a sophomore, Drake Leonard, who was a rookie, and now Chris Olave, who, Chris Olave, who was another rookie. They love his route running. He's in New Orleans. Um, you know, J- James, he's also fast. Jameis likes to attack deep down the field. He is likely the best deep there on that team. So you take him. As I said, it's a keeper league. You know, Chris Olave goes crazy. You can move him. You can keep him. You have a lot of flexibility. Like that, when you're talking about keeper leagues, that's a big part of the programming for me is am I doing enough to get the type of flexibility to move how I want to move later on, whether it's making win-now trades, whether it's for some reason I fall out of it. I don't think that's going to be the case with this team, but we'll see. I fall out of it later. You know, can I recoup? Can I get a better keeper for next season? I like having the flexibility to move how I want to move. All right, so round nine, Trey Lance. Now, this was the second portion of the programming where I actually had to expend brain energy in thinking a lot. I thought, and this was, you know, leading into the pick. Now, at this point, there are two teams that don't have quarterbacks, myself and Jad, who's also in the league. Shout out to him if he if he listens to this. Um... It's right. It's it's me and him, and it's like, all right, Trey Lance is my favorite quarterback to draft this year by a, a mile. Um, he plays in San Francisco, plays for one of the, the brightest offensive minds in the sport. 
He runs. He throws. We already know the Konami code with rushing quarterbacks. And he's on a kick-ass team, potentially. So I was like, all right, give me Trey Lance. Now, what I was thinking about doing was just continuing the, the, the rookie quarterback theme and getting George Pickens. And in hindsight, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty. That's what I should have done because, you know, Jad didn't have any interest in taking Trey Lance, whereas I thought he would. He ended up taking Tua and Matt Stafford, which, I mean, fine, cool. I could have taken Trey Lance around later and gotten away with it. Now, with that said, I'm not going to be upset about having Trey Lance. It's more like eh, kind of upset about not having George Pickens. He's nasty, all right? So Trey Lance, my favorite quarterback to take. Out the, out of the guys who are getting t- taken outside of the top five, he probably has the best chance of finishing as overall quarterback one. And as I said before, man, great situation, great talent. He runs. Like, he, 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 he attacks deep down the field. Like, the throwing motion is a little bit elongated, but he attacks deep down the field. He, he has weapons. Like, Debo's nice. I think people are going to relearn about Brandon Ayuk this year. George Kittle is George Kittle. He has weapons all over the place, a good offensive line. Like, all the pieces are in place for Trey Lance to have a massive fantasy year this year. All right, round 10, Jalen Tolbert. I feel like I could copy and paste a portion about Drake London and Chris Olave and put it here. Um, the Cowboys don't exactly have a lot of wide receiver depth at this point. You have C.D. Lamb, you have Jalen Tolbert, and then I can't name people after that. This is also a Tony Pollard portion of the programming. I didn't get him, but if the wide receiver depth chart is going to look like that, Tony Pollard either probably can or should see more slot wide receiver um, snaps because he's gifted like that. He's talented like that. He has good hands. He can run good routes, all of that. But Jalen Tolbert, extremely talented. Like, the film heads like him. You know, if he went to a bigger school, he probably wouldn't have been a third-round pick. But I know if 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 ifs and buts were candies and nuts, we'd all be having a Merry Christmas, whatever whatever the fucking expression is. Um, but I like Jalen Tolbert. Dak Prescott, good quarterback, good offense. I'm all in. All right, round 10 pick. If he goes crazy, again, you could trade him. You could keep him. On down the line, you, you, you have heard it all before already in that regard. All right. Round 11, Cole Komet, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. As I said, once I let Kyle Pitts go by me in round two, I realized what it was at tight end. I wasn't going to take any, I wasn't going to take the Hawkinson, the Hawkinson Goddard. And, and the only reason I, I, I didn't mention Goddard before, let me mention that now. The only reason I did not take Goddard is because having two members of the Eagles pass game is probably too much. Now, again, if they pass 55 to 60% of the time, I might regret that because Dallas Goddard is wildly talented. But I didn't take him because I did not want to have two members of the same offense, the same offense who might be a 50-50 run pass split. And, and both of them are pass catchers. So like, I don't want to do that. But now, round, round 11, I took Cole Komet. I mean, he's young. He's athletic. The Bears only have really have Darnell Mooney outside of him. I mean, that's that. I, I, we are required to play a tight end. That's why I took one. <laughs> that's all I got. Uh, round 12, I took Isaiah Pacheco. He's getting big-time rave reviews out of camp. Um, you know, his blocking is apparently good. He's explosive, all of that. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is probably going to get the first crack, and I don't know if Clyde's going to ever lose his job unless it comes down to injury. But obviously football players get hurt a lot, and you're betting on a running back in, the, in what could be the most explosive offense in the NFL, what could be the best offense in the NFL. You're betting on 
what looks like RB2 right now. It looks like McKinnon is the special teamer slash third stringer, and Ronald Jones is like, he might be on the way out. So I, t- I took Pacheco. That's that. Um, and same, same fucking theme as the rest of it. He's a rookie too. Round 13, I took Albert, Albert O. I'm not even going to pretend like I know how to pronounce his last name. You could look it up for yourself. You know, I'm sure you know who it is. If you're listening to this podcast and you've made it 23 minutes in, you are obviously invested in fantasy football in a way that's similar to me. So I'm sure you know who he is. Um, he's explosive. He's big. He's fast. They lost Tim Patrick. Maybe he plays slot a little bit more. I don't, I don't know if that's the case. I'm, it's a dart throw. When when you don't have a when you have two tight ends, basically you have no tight ends until you do have a tight end. If you get what I'm saying, one of them breaks out. Obviously, we're having a different conversation. Two of them break out even better. But once you don't have Kelsey, you don't have Mark Andrews, you don't have Kyle Pitts, Darren Waller, George Kittle, you're in a situation now where you're relying on a breakout of two dudes who have never done it before. And in this case, that's exactly why we're here. Round fourteen, Jahan Dotson. It made me kind of physically ill to take the the second wide receiver of Carson Wentz because, well, that seemed like a pointless endeavor. But Jahan Dotson, wildly talented, rookie. So far, he's, he seemed like he's getting all the first-team reps in camp and in practices and all that. And Oh, and he got all the first-team reps in the first play, um, preseason game they played. It's a dart. It's round 14. He's young. He's talented. You could do worse. Uh, round 15, I took a kicker. I don't think I need to go into that. Round 16, I took the Eagles defense. The Eagles defense on paper is very good. Like last year, they put together, they put together a respectable showing. I think they finished like RB, um, excuse me, defense 13, despite the fact that in real life their defense wasn't very good. They added a lot of talent to the defense in the offseason. The offense might put them in better spots by being a better offense. And they're in the NFC East. Like you, you're going to see Wentz twice. You're going to see Daniel Jones twice. That. I mean, we might not be at the, they might not be on my team at, uh, by week four. I don't I don't know. I, I don't have a crystal ball. But if they come out smoking and I end up keeping them the whole year, that was the process as to why. Good defense on paper. You know, a quarter of your games against potentially against Daniel Jones and Carson Wentz. All right, round seventeen, Calvin Ridley. I think this is pretty self explanatory. If you listen to the rest of the podcast, it is a keeper league. Um, I don't plan to keep Calvin Ridley. The, the goal is pretty much to trade him. So if hopefully I don't get um, bedeviled by injuries so I can keep the Calvary release of the world, even though, well, I mean, we have IR spots. There's that. But you know what I mean? Hopefully, like, my roster is good enough where I could justify keeping him through the trade deadline because he, he's going to be traded to somebody. I could tell you that. He's going to be traded to somebody. By hook or by crook, he's going to be traded to somebody. So that's the reason I took him. Um, that is the draft. I mean, my running backs ended up being Javante Williams, Alvin Kamara, Travis Etienne, and Isaiah Pacheco. My wide receivers, A.J. Brown, T. Higgins, Gabe Davis, Drake London, Chris Olave, Jalen Tolbert, Jahan Dotson, and Cal Ridley, if you want to count him. My tight ends, Cole Komet, and Albert O. And my quarterback, Trey Lance. I mean, if I could do one thing over, I guess it would be the George Pickens selection. George Pickens selection, but if that's my biggest complaint, then I I love how I drafted. I love where I'm at. If one of those tight ends is just like tight end eight, I'm probably gonna be in great shape this year. So that that that's that's what it is. That's what it is. I think I drafted really well. I drafted a lot of youth like I wanted to draft. 
my running back situation a lot better now than it was when I left the draft last season. It made sense for me to do it. I didn't, I didn't go out of my way to take Alvin Kamara. The board played itself that way. Um, could you have justified taking Kelsey over him? Sure. I could have, but I didn't really want to. I could have. I really could have, but I didn't. And ultimately, like, the only question mark I really have on this team is tight end. Between Cole Kamen and Alvaro, I just need one of them to be like a top eight guy, and I'd be happy. But quarterback, I got my guy. Running backs, I got my guys. I love my wide receiver core. Got the youth. I love, I love where I'm at. All right, so on that note, I'd like to implore you to the middle of the initial podcast um, with myself, Andrew L. Case, and Jude A. Jackson as we discuss current sports topics. Rate, review, and subscribe for that podcast and for this one, and I will see you when I see you. Yeah.